So we're going to talk about the kingdom this morning. This is something the Lord's really been, been on me about, and we need to, you know, and, and kingdom has become a buzzword, and I've said this before. The kingdom, we, we hear it, and everybody and their mother is using the word kingdom. Well, that ain't kingdom, or it's kingdom this, and it's kingdom that. And the truth is, do we really know what the kingdom is? And for those who are with us, we, you know, we, we shared a couple weeks ago about yours is the kingdom. And I'm just going to kind of piggyback on that and just uh, go into some of this stuff. And so this morning I'm calling this message, The Kingdom and the Order of Authority. The Order of Authority. So there are three main components of the kingdom. And I'm going to tell you what, y'all need, to, if y'all, y'all need to write some of this stuff down cause, or get the, the videos afterwards But because um, I'm going to go through a lot of different stuff this morning. But there are three main components of the kingdom. Number one, a kingdom has a king. Number two, it has a kingdom. And number three, the keys of the kingdom. So what I want to do this morning is we're going to talk about some of the kingdom principles and the kingdom keys of a kingdom, of the kingdom. And it's it's important for us to know how they all kind of work together, okay, guys? So what I want to do is ask a question. And I don't want you to answer it out loud. But why was man created? Why was man created? Let you ponder that one for a second. The purpose of man's creation was so that he could administrate a kingdom. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but we saw Adam in the garden. Adam was given dominion. He was given the kingdom. So God created, the whole purpose of God creating man was so that they could administrate the kingdom. When Adam fell, it wasn't a fall from heaven. It was a loss of a kingdom. He was walking in the fullness of God. He was walking in the kingdom. Everything that the kingdom was, he was a part of. So it wasn't a fall from heaven. It was a loss of the kingdom because no longer did he have access to the very thing that God had given him. He had the keys. He had the kingdom keys. But when he fell, he relinquished the keys of the kingdom. He lost the kingdom. The purpose of the redemption of Jesus was so that he could come to restore the kingdom that was lost. When Adam lost, Jesus came to restore. Listen, I know this is it's foundational, but you, we have to understand this. Huh. People, why did Jesus come? 
You ask the question, people will say, well, he came for the loss. He came for this and that. He, he, um, he came to do miracles. He, came to, he didn't come to do miracles. He didn't come to do healing. That was a product of, the, of him being who he was. That's a product of him. But Jesus was sent. He came to restore because the original intent from the very beginning was what? Fellowship, but it was also what? It was to see the kingdom here on earth. Mm, to restore what Adam lost. I got a lot of scriptures this morning. I'm going to try to bring most of them, but we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 45. First Corinthians 4, uh, 15, 45 says, So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam, a living, a life-giving spirit. Colossians 1, uh, 13 and 14 says this, He has delivered us from the power of darkness conveyed to us into the kingdom of the Son. When Adam fell, darkness came. Jesus comes, and the kingdom becomes established. Amen? It says in 13, 14, it says that in the darkness conveyed unto us the kingdom of his son, of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. What was God's will in all this? It was the fulfillment of God's will to see the reestablishment of the kingdom on earth. To reestablish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Come on, that. Don't let this stuff kind of fly over, guys. If we get this part, understanding the kingdom, it'll transform everything how you speak, how you see, how you talk. Everything will be transformed. You no longer become just a good Christian doing good Christian things. I don't even consider myself a Christian. I'm a, I'm a kingdom citizen. Ah, whoa. Come on. That right there, religious bubble just popped. Not here, but somebody watching online. Ah, holy ghost. Man, I feel the joy. <laughs> oh Lord, you're too funny. The program of salvation was to restore man to the kingdom government. <laughs> what does that even mean? What do you mean? What does it mean to be restored to the kingdom government? It means this. 
It's talking about the Lord wanted to take it back to the original intent on how it was supposed to be from the very first day, the very first moment. I asked that question to the Lord, and, well, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'll just, no, I'll, I'll do it. I'm having a conversation with myself right now. Excuse me. Um, but I, I must have been about Friday, I guess. I was talking with Pastor Jeff, and I was in my office, and I was worshiping, and I came out, and, and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what does it really look like to have your mind? Because I always say, out of my mind and into your heart, God. And I asked, what does that even really mean? like a deeper level of it. And I was asking, Lord, what does it mean to really have your heart, your mind? And the Lord told me this. <laughs> he says, well, you've got to go back to the beginning. You have to go back to the beginning. And, and, and I'm seeing where the Lord's will was to establish the kingdom of government here on earth but we have to go back to the beginning and it was this it's genesis 126 you can turn your bibles there come on if you don't have a bible we got bibles and the missions and you can get one of those bibles that we're going to sell and we're going to send that to uh to malawi come on our missions little store there we got a lot of plans come on so if you need a Bible, get yourself a Bible. <laughs> but Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says this. See, we got to go back to the beginning. And then God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Right here. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, come on, shaka, bam, Holy Ghost, over all the earth, <laughs> over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. <laughs> so now, I'll ask a question. And I don't want an answer. Just think about it. What is the kingdom? What is the kingdom? We see in Matthew 4, Jesus makes his first public announcement, right? He makes his first public announcement, and he says this. 417. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent! <laughs> Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How could he say that? Because he had come to restore. And Jesus was the kingdom of and because he was now there, the kingdom of heaven had been established there on earth. Oh, come on. You got to get excited about that. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Hey. 
Jesus. Whoo. That's a whole other realm, man. Okay. All right, come on, Jesus. <laughs> come on. So what was Jesus doing right there at that moment? What was he doing? I mean, he, he's like, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was announcing the kingdom, not a religion. He wasn't saying, behold, Christianity is at hand. Catholicism is at hand. My denomination is at hand. He said the kingdom. So what did he what did, what did the Lord want from the very beginning? To see the kingdom of heaven to be established. Uh. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Holy Ghost. Ah. Uh. Thank you, Lord. So, again, what is the kingdom? Let's talk about some kingdom principles. Principles. That word used to scare me back in the day. <laughs> now I think it's scary. Where, yeah, Morgan's not here, but she says my office is the principal's office. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I'm not even like that. I'm like, no. <laughs> but let's talk about kingdom principles, okay? A kingdom has a king, right? A kingdom has a territory. It's a domain. Every kingdom has a citizen. Citizens are also known as, if we think in the castles and kings, and citizens are known as subjects. Right? That word subject means to go low. It means to stay low. To stay below. A, that means that they are subjected to a king. A kingdom <laughs> has a constitution. I'm going somewhere. Come on. Follow. Don't, don't fall asleep on me yet. Come on. Okay. So a kingdom has a constitution. I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture for you guys. A constitution is a covenant. Okay? So if a kingdom has a constitution and the constitution is a covenant, but it's a covenant between the citizen and the king. Wow. And the king is the author of this covenant. A kingdom has laws. 
principles. It's the words of the king. A kingdom has a government. See, we're, we're talking about going back to the original intent. I'm just trying to take you on this journey with me. I hope I'm doing okay. Okay, so a kingdom has a government, which is a ruling authority. It's called, write this word down, cosmos. Cosmos. This word cosmos is used all throughout, throughout Scripture. It's all in the Word. It's everywhere in the Word. It's translated in the Greek as, it means this, the world. It means the world. The world, it's a, it's, it's a ruling authority. The word world means this. Order of authority. Okay, come on. <coughs> so Paul, he writes in Romans 12, 2, and we know the scripture. <coughs> he says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this cosmos. Do not be conformed to this order of authority. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and an acceptable and perfect will of God. Renew your mind. That means to have the order of authority, to have the mind of Christ. <clears throat> what Paul was saying right here, he was saying, do not be conformed by this order of authority. He's talking about the world, right? Do not be conformed to an authority that is not the kingdom of God. You see, the devil sits <clears throat> on a self-made, powerless throne made up of demonic minions <laughs> that reign over, guess what? The cosmos. He reigns over a kingdom of darkness. So when Paul's saying, don't be conformed to that, he's saying, because when you get conformed to a kingdom of darkness, that's what he's referring to. <clears throat> Ephesians 6, 12 we see Paul says that 
we battle not against flesh and blood, but against authorities. Listen, just listen to the language that the that the word is speaking. Authorities. He's speaking about a demonic kingdom. So he's using language that refers to a kingdom principle. So he says, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against authorities in high places. This is a kingdom of darkness, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principles of a kingdom. But it's a kingdom of darkness. Are you guys getting this? Okay. Okay, good. Principalities, which is a governmental ruler of darkness in this context. Against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, of this cosmos. <laughs> against spiritual wickedness in high places. So what I want you to do, <clears throat> this will help you. Every time you read your word, the word world, don't, the word world, and when it comes out in the word, don't think of it as a geographical location. Don't think of it as a, as a globe. but as a ruling authority, as a ruling authority. So number seven, here we go. A kingdom, <laughs> a kingdom has a code of ethics. This means that the lifestyle Okay, so we go to Galatians, and the, the Lord gives us the fruits of the Spirit. And he gives us the fruits of the Spirit, then he also gives us the fruits not of the Spirit. Amen? So we can look at that as a code of ethics for the kingdom of heaven and the, the kingdom of darkness. In the kingdom of heaven, the code of ethics is for the citizens of heaven. Isaiah 9, we're going to go to Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. And I'm going to show you some of the code of ethics. Uh, verse 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government, there we go again, come on, will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase. And then it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. How do we miss this? All our walk with, like, how do we miss that?
He wants to go back to the very beginning on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, upon the throne of David over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with the judgment and justice from that time forward and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So I'm going to say something. Heaven is here now. How many of you believe that statement? Come on, I like y'all. That's a good thing. Here we go. Luke 42. Luke 42, verse 43. I'm almost done, guys. We're almost done. Ah, Holy Ghost. Luke 42 and 43. Luke 42, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 42, verse 43. Why don't it have a 42? I bet you that's what I did. How about I read the scripture and you guys' Bible study, go find it. This is, this is what happened when you're studying at 4 in the morning, right? So I'm going to read it. It says, now, it's probably 24, though. Now. <laughs> she said, there's no 42. And I was real confident, right? <laughs> like, I beg to differ. <laughs> now, when... <laughs> It was that day, it was, no, I'm sorry. Now, when it was day, he departed, and he went into a desert, deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Because... For this purpose, I have been sent. That's why he was sent. Original intent from the very beginning. Luke 17. There's a 442. There you go. That sounds right. Good job, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> So we're going to go to Luke 17. Turn to Luke 17. There is a Luke 17, I promise. <laughs> Verse 20 and 21, and it says this. Now when he, asked by, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Come on. Hey, hey, come on. <laughs> now, listen, if the kingdom of God is within you, that means it should be coming out of you. 
And if it's not coming out of you, what's in you? Which kingdom are you of? If God's kingdom is truly or was fully in effect here on earth, there would be no crime. There would be no murder. We would see heaven here on earth. That's why it's up to you and I to go and establish the kingdom of heaven as ambassadors. That's right. So, with all that said, now, if we have a little bit of an understanding of what the kingdom looks like, what does it look like to be kingdom-minded? Because that's another word that we use, right? Oh, I got to be kingdom-minded, brother. <laughs> right? Man, maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. Kingdom-minded. And this is where the Lord, I was asking that question. And he said, we got to go back to the beginning. So I want to read that scripture again, 126. Genesis 126. What does it look like to be kingdom-minded? Then God said to us, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let's write this here. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You see, to have the mind of Christ, he wants you to know who you are, whose you are, what you carry, as a kingdom citizen, a citizen of actualization, come on. I tell you what. Uh, Lord Jesus. How can I have the mind of Christ? I kind of pose these, these questions because these are it's the way the Lord deals with me. And the Lord gave me 1 Corinthians 2.16. Who has known the mind of the Lord that may instruct him, but we may have the mind of Christ? Paul quotes in Isaiah 40.13. Then he makes a statement concerning all believers. We have the mind of Christ. That means this. Having the mind of Christ means sharing the plan, the purpose, and the perspective of Christ. Having the mind of Christ means we understand God's plan and His purpose for the world, the cosmos. His purpose for the world, okay? 
to bring glory to himself, to restore creation to its original splendor. Come on. Like to to re- bring them back. Take it back. Take it back, my authority. Come on. Hey. hey come on, get it. <laughs> that is the message. Bart, you get it, buddy. Take it back your authority. We got to take back the thing that the enemy stole. What the enemy tried to lie and steal, it's time to take it back. Take it back. I don't know about you, but you want the devil to keep what's yours? That's why we take it back. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. To point people to Jesus and to share the gospel. That's what it's about. It means that we identify with Christ's purpose and seek and save what is lost. Luke 19.10 says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save which was lost. It means that Jesus' perspective of humility and obedience. Let's turn to Philippians 2, verse 5 and 8. We're talking about having a mind of Christ. Let this mind being you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of men be humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even to the death of the cross. Wow. Having the mind of Christ is to walk in a level of compassion. Compassion. Matthew 9:36 says this, but when he saw the multitudes He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. He was prayerful and dependent on God. Luke uh, 5.16 says this, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. How can we have the mind of Christ if we don't even have a prayer life? Are you only praying on Sunday morning? But we want to have the mind of Christ. You want to know why all that craziness is going in your mind? Why are you thinking all those crazy thoughts, those bad thoughts, those demonic thoughts? It's because you're not praying. You're not spending time with Jesus. The mind of Christ. That's why I say, like, Get out of our mind and into his heart. If we get out of our mind, it's stinking thinking. Come on. 
The mind of Christ will bring clarity to man's wisdom. It's because it brings heavenly wisdom. The mind of Christ involves the wisdom of God. And what was hidden becomes revealed. That's why when you begin to move in the spirit and the gifts of the Lord, you begin to operate with the mind of the Father. Guess what? The secrets of heaven get revealed and you begin to speak what's on the Father's heart. The secrets that only God knows. He reveals. The mind of Christ is given to believers through the Spirit of God. The mind of Christ cannot be understood without the Spirit of God. If you don't know Jesus is your Savior, you can't have the mind of Christ. Doesn't work. <laughs> oh, Jesus, glory. The mind of Christ gives believers discernment in, uh, in all spiritual matters. Go ahead and come up here for me. With the Father's heart and mind, you write this down. Holy Ghost. With the Father's heart and mind, we see, we speak, we process, we respond, and we echo. If we have the mind of Christ, we will see the things how he sees them. Men, when you look at women, you will see her as a daughter of the king. Woman, when you see a man, you will see him as a son of the king. You will see how the king sees with the mind of Christ, you will speak what the Father speaks. Ah. <laughs> Your language will change. No longer is it you that's speaking, but it's, it's the echo of the voice of the Lord coming out of you. Everything changes. You process differently. With the mind of Christ, when things come at you, spiritual attacks come and hit you, you recognize, that's not the Father's heart for me. I'm a kingdom citizen. That's not the way the Father does and treats me. We will process things differently. You're not a victim. You're not an orphan. For too long, the enemy's kept you with his, with his foot on your throat trying to suffocate you. We will respond with the mind of Christ. When people accuse you, 
and they attack you and they curse you and they, they hurt you, you'll respond differently. You'll come from a place of love like, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. You'll respond differently. We will echo. What does that mean? That we become the repetition of the Father. His heartbeat, his love, his joy, his peace. We become the echo of our Father. You are kingdom citizens. You're not of this world. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 12. Because we're talking about the mind of Christ. But God has revealed them to, has revealed to us through Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, listen, now we have received not the spirit of the world, not the spirit of Cosmo, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that we have been freely given to us by God come on that's a good word huh first John 3 2 says this beloved now <laughs> we are children of God and it has not been yet revealed what shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Come on, I'm speaking to your inner man right now. I'm speaking purpose and destiny right now to your spirit. Shake it, First Corinthians 2.16 says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. Isaiah 40, 26. Amen. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number, he calls them by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. No one is missing. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
nor are my, your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. We're talking about the mind of Christ. Let me tell you what. If you're thinking thoughts against your brothers and sisters that don't line up with the fruits of the Spirit, chances are it's not the Lord. It's, it's not His mind. I guarantee it's not His mind. Second Chronicles 15 says this, and I'm going to close with this scripture. Second Chronicles 15, verse 1 and 2. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa, and he said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So this morning, what I want to do, uh, let's just stand this morning. We're going to pray. Holy Ghost. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way in this room, God. I thank you, Lord, for the word that was released this morning, Lord. And, Lord, any word that was not of you, God, let it fall to the ground right now, Lord. But I pray, God, every word that was spoken, God, Lord, that it would penetrate hearts, it would penetrate our spirit, God, that it would be an awakening, God, for us, Lord, today to know who we are as sons and daughters of the King. That we are not just mere believers, God, but that we are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, God. That we are citizens of actualization, God. Oh, Jesus. Father, we thank you, God, for the awakening, Lord. We thank you for the fresh revelation, God, right now, Lord. We thank you, Father. I'm going to open up the altar this, this morning. If anybody needs prayer, if you need breakthrough, if you, listen, if this message stirred something in you this morning, I'm opening up the altar to come and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the awakening, Lord. Right now, Lord. Jesus. Jesus.